What's up, everybody? Welcome to the PHDJ podcast. My name is Mike. And this is Joe Bunn. And we have a special guest with us this week. Everybody say hello. Nick Spinelli. Nick, there he uh, is. What's up? Join us. How's it going? Thank you. Thank, thank you for having me. Oh, it's going well. You're like what we call a rebuttal witness at this point. You are. <laughs> are, are do either of you guys follow? I know Joe doesn't follow politics. Do either of you? Do you follow politics at all? Not at all. So if I said the name Brett Kavanaugh to you, doesn't mean anything. He's in big trouble, and he's done some real dirty stuff, but he's claiming to be a virgin. That's all I All know. right. There you go. So, Brett, so Joe, Joe knows a little bit. Nick does, doesn't even sound like he – so they had – he's being nominated for the Supreme Court. They had hearings, which they usually do. And then after the hearings, other evidence came out. Yeah. So now they're holding some more hearings uh, this week. And so I, I feel like it's the same thing with this podcast. Last week, we talked about interactivity, and I felt like we put that to bed – but then new evidence came out specifically. <laughs> you said you, you, you messaged both Joe and I and said you were literally screaming at the computer. Absolutely. Okay. So why don't you share with us? And yeah, listen, I will take full responsibility. I should have had you, you on last week as a guest. Uh, however, it is shrewd of me to get two weeks out of this one topic. Valid. Joe's. Valid. Uh, Joe and I are always looking to, you know, topics for the show. So I was able to squeeze two topics, two weeks out of this one topic. So why don't you share with the listeners and keeping in mind that Joe, Joe and I do our best to keep it clean. We're not, you know, what I mean, we're, we, it's not PG, but we're also not X rated. Uh, I, I don't curse. I, I understand that. Prefacing you. Well, I, when I heard that you were screaming at the computer, I imagine <laughs> not so nice words came out. So why don't you share with the listeners what types of things you were screaming at the computer? Well, That's first of all, just to be clear, um, I don't consider you actually did mention it at some point in the podcast, but I don't consider, um, you know, the regular hosting the event as like interaction. That's mm -hmm. not what I'm like really considering interaction there. Like uh, it kind of made like hosting, almost you mean like introductions and, and things oh. like that. A hundred percent. I do that a hundred percent. I hope we didn't imply that last week. When, when I think of interaction, I mean anything you do with the crowd Correct. after the formalities, the cake cutting, after all that stuff, not, you know, not that stuff, notwithstanding. Um, but so first of all, did I quote you correctly? You said in your seminar, interaction is dead, correct? Uh, dying, but yes. Okay. Dying, yeah. dead, past yeah. you know, whatever tense you used. Um, okay. So what, what things were you screaming at the computer? Um, you redneck. <laughs> no, no. I, Nick, don't I, hold back. I can. I imagine you were you were yelling at me because you and I probably disagree more on this. It sounds like you lean more towards Joe's point of view about interaction, and I'm the lone cheese ball among the three of us. So, so you tell me what what, what you were screaming, Mike Walter. You blah blah blah. What were you screaming? I can take I, it, Nick. I got thick skin. I just I personally personally think that it all of it's dying across the board. I think that um, not only I think uh, interaction as far as like line dances and sing alongs and, and that sort of thing, kind of getting out with the crowd will be gone shortly within like two, three years. It's like going. It's going. Okay. I see it less and less and less and that's going. But I'll go as far as saying even uh, Bouquet Garter is going Cake cutting is going, which well, is already, agree with already that. That, that. That, Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think those two need to be joined at the hip, though. But I agree with that. I do. I, matter of fact, I had a wedding recently where they did everything bouquet garter. And I literally had to like refresh my memory of the order of events because it's yeah. so rare that I do it. So, yeah. right. Uh, I, I will. Yes, that that's no doubt. Well, and even like introductions, I think are going to go out eventually. I you slowly see um, people 
back in the day, it used to be first my back in the day, 2005, I guess, six. But like, you know, I, I this it used is to where be, Nick makes us feel old. Joe. That, was 61 this is in that was Nick's first trump card about how fucking young he is. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I broke the I broke the gates there with the F. I was so about now, to say, wow, it, bro. Damn. <laughs> so, well, Joe just had a birthday too, so he's feeling it. Wow. He's feeling a little. Well, I am. Um, but yeah, it used to be first and last names, grand introductions. Now more and more, you're going to see first names, uh, just first names, or just the girls and just the guys getting yeah. announced. And then a lot of I've had a lot of weddings this year where it's only the bride and groom. So Same. like they have a bridal party, but you just invite the bride and groom in. They go right into the first dance, and that's it. It's low key. Same. It's like an old tradition that's kind of like going out it's like it's it's like we're beating a dead horse so i think in the next like five ten years there's not going to be like the hosting of the event is going to be so minimal you know it's going to all it's going to be all about how you dj how you program how you read the room and how you dj that's literally the future okay joe you you agree with that i mean i definitely agree with a lot of what he said mike in terms of and, and you know you and i've been doing this a lot longer than you know 15 years almost double that and the things that we've seen changed, I mean, you know, starting at the way the DJ dresses all the way down to the introductions. I mean, remember when, um, golly, like money dances were hot or there used to be like we used to have on our planner a, a bridal party dance, I think, after the first dance or something like that. Like there's so many things, I think. And again, you know, going back to the cake cutting, granted, we're kind of stepping off the, the term of interactivity, but I think that Nick is right in that the what's a traditional wedding reception that you know mike's parents or my parents you know my parents are in their 70s i think mike's are closer to their 80s right mike you know my dad turns 79 tomorrow yeah. well, actually when we drop this podcast tomorrow my dad celebrates his Damn. 79th birthday what's so up, i don't Mr. think he listens walter. to this but it's all right happy birthday Shout out, Pop. Mr. walter <laughs> um, give you buzz. but but you know something like a, a wedding reception that they would have been involved in or that you know their own weddings would have had, you know, all these traditions, you know, it was unheard of. I mean, my mother, <laughs> my sister got married five years ago, I think right around five years ago, six years ago, she just celebrated the anniversary. And she, my mom cried when the invitations went out because my sister didn't put the middle names on the invitation. She cried. Right, because like, it's less formal. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was like, yeah. mom, have you lost your mind here? So I agree with Nick. A lot of things are changing, but then, you know, then I look at the pictures from pretty much every weekend of Mike's triple header weddings and damned if he's not out there on the dance floor leading living on a prayer as if he's John Bon Jovi's cousin Ron, Ron <laughs> I just need the hair. that's all Ron Bon Jovi right so let, let me let me ask you a question though about introductions because I agree with you but with both of you that you've made the point there introductions are changing and I mean I did uh, a wedding this weekend where the, even though they had a bridal party the bridal party was not introduced I acknowledged the parents at their table and then only brought the bride and groom in so I do see that but I also see sometimes couples getting more and more elaborate with introductions 10 years ago I never did a different song for each couple now yeah. I, probably once or twice a month I'm doing so some couples are trimming it down but some couples are making it more elaborate and I think those couples who are making it more elaborate dream of going viral and I think that that's still there's still that segment of bride and groom that sees the you know the the Chris few Brown couples forever. on YouTube that have the Chris Brown Forever video yeah. that has you know 10 million hits yeah. and there are some couples that I mean I mean I've seen brides like 
schooling their bridesmaids while we're lining them up about how to come in. No, no, no. Do this dance step. Do do this and say because and you know that this bride wants to go viral with her introduction. So I agree that intros are changing, but I don't. I would disagree with you, Nick. That three years from now, uh, we're not going to be introducing couples at all. I think that, that I think that's over exaggerating the point. I, I think that uh, if the fact that they're using different songs and doing different stuff is because they're trying to freshen up because it's getting stale, and then that's going to get old really quick totally as agree. well. And I also think that like there's not not a lot of couples are trying to. I mean, some couples yeah try to go viral, but not a lot of couples care. Like that's a. I think it's less couples care about going viral than not. You know what I mean? I, and I just it's it it just seems to trend. I, I just really think it's trending that way, like faster than we think. I. I, I Okay, but at the same time, you know what's weird about this is the fact that that Mike and Jason Chanai, the owner of the company that Nick works for, can be friends in in a. I know the state is small, but the population is massive. But y'all can be friendly because I think why you can be friendly, and I know it happens. I mean, let's not be ignorant here. Uh, SCE has lost shows to Elite Entertainment. Elite Entertainment has lost shows to SCE. But I don't think it's happening so often because I think the clients are different. I literally think that, that an SCE client, if you profile them like a uh, you know like you see on a movie or something like a psychologist does a profile on like a serial killer, if you profile the bride and or the groom of an SCE client, that they would be vastly different. Not necessarily uh, economically, but personality wise, they would have different traits than an elite customer am i do, what are y'all's thoughts on that i mean i'm not sure mike to be honest what do you think mike i figured i'd let like- you answer first nick but i would i would agree with that i think both companies have done a good job of of um creating our reputation in the market mm-hmm. and i actually spoke about this a number of years ago in one of my seminars mm-hmm. I, I gave the analogy of when the beatles became really big mm-hmm. the rolling stones were like the next band in and the Rolling Stones manager, Andrew Oldham, said, we're not going to copy the Beatles. We're going to be the anti-Beatles. So, for example, when the Beatles all wore the same suits, suits like early in the early, the Beatles were going for that clean cut. And, and the Rolling Stones said, no, we're going to be the anti. We're going to dress in jeans and leather jackets and kind of be the rough guys because they didn't they knew nobody wanted a copy of the Beatles. Let's go. Let's let's find a, a different niche. And I complimented Jason years ago in a, in a seminar because we've had a number of companies for years in Monmouth County try to be like the next elite. Mm-hmm. But SCE kind of took that approach of saying, no, we'll fill this gap. We'll fill this niche. Mm-hmm. So I agree that we both companies have our reputations. And I think when we lose jobs to SCE, it's mm-hmm. probably because the client wants a little bit more of a club vibe. Mm-hmm. When they lose jobs to us, it's probably because the client wants a little bit more emceeing and interaction. I know that's a generality, but I, I would think that that's probably the case in, in a lot of cases. So that goes back to one of the points I made last week, Nick, which I don't think I emphasize it enough, but I heard this great saying, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And you're probably, Nick, seeing way more clients that don't want interaction. Mm -hmm. So your paradigm now is, oh, interaction is dying. Whereas, I mean, I did a wedding Sunday night that if I didn't have line dances, this wedding would have sucked. I saw that. But because because I had five or six line dances that I led, and then another, it was a Philippine wedding. I don't know if you, I, Joe, you don't get any Philippine weddings down by you, right? Very well, rare, very rare. They're different, it, yeah. But yeah. No, the Philippine families do a line dance to every Toto, Toto, yeah. You play September, they do a line dance. Oh, Toto, wow. Toto, 
line dance. You do mambo number five. They have a line dance to it. Wow. So besides the Cupid Shuffle, Cha-Cha Slide, Electric Slide, Wobble, what else did I lead Sunday night? They also did their own. But once I went to a straight dance song, pretty much cleared the dance floor. Oh, so wow. if I didn't have those. Now, but you maybe, said it was no alcohol too, right? And that was yeah, yeah. Sunday night. Small wedding, no alcohol. Yeah. Talk about earning your freaking pay. Money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. earning money. But um, that <clears throat> type of client probably wouldn't go with SAE. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess. Yeah, I mean, we get Filipino weddings. That's like pretty much the only time I do do line dances anymore. Is like for like a Filipino wedding. But I, I just, my main point throughout my entire seminar is like, you know, you have these millennials and Generation Zs. They just don't like being told what to do anymore. They don't like, you know, they, they like. You're saying just, even in life, like now. In life, and <laughs> in, in, in life, I mean, it's almost like they're going when you have like a guy coming out and saying, "Here, dance like this, or move like this, or sing like this." It's almost like, dude, like let me like live my life over here. You know what I mean? They're kind of like. In those, do you venture? Do you have a guess about why you think that is? Do you do you have a guess about why you think you're and you're a millennial, right, Nick? Yes. Yep. Okay. So your generation, we'll call it. Do you guess? Can you guess or do you know why that is? Do you, why your generation is so much opposed to being led and told what to do than my generation and and even older? I mean, it's a sham. We're generally more entitled. I mean, we, we've gotten trophies for nothing. We've got, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm right at the brink. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I did get a participation trophy or two when I was younger. It's like right at that, <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. Right. I didn't let it get to my head. But uh, but no, and I think that's a big uh, a, a big problem with it. You know what I mean? So they get, like, kind of entitled, and they, like, get their own opinions early, and they don't want to. So they're they're against all that. They're, they don't take direction well. Like, I've had a lot of assistants, like, that I've hired. You know, that if, you know, not it, it's it's like they don't take uh, criticism too well. You know what I mean? Right. I've told people before, you know, they, it's it's like a kind of like a trend with them. So if you find a good one that like can totally. Oh, oh I get that. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, I think that's a really, really big part of it. I mean, well, I, I, think I don't be bad. Yeah, I was just saying, I think, you know, we can't be um, too uh, eager to jump on their backs and, and to stereotype as well, though, because Nick is a millennial and I feel like he hustles his ass off and. You know, he worked his ass off for another company. He works his ass off for Jason. He's got his own little video series. He's got a seminar, you know, that he just did and did apparently really well. So, you know, I, I meet people that are um, that are in that age bracket of, of a millennial that are worthless. And then I meet people that I'm like, man, that guy's he's grinding like I used to when I was 20. Yeah, listen, 35. I think whenever you talk about any stereotype of any large group of people, there are obviously going to be except, you know, when you say white people can't dance, that's a stereotype. That's <laughs> generally true. But but there are exceptions to the rules. So, you know, I mean, any stereotype, you, you're always going to find exceptions. But um, I, I don't know if you guys saw the article this week about how millennials are causing the number of divorces to decline because your generation is getting married later. Mm-hmm. And so where my generation got married younger mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm a perfect example. I got married younger, got divorced and then now I'm on my second marriage. Your generation is waiting longer, mm-hmm. not doing the trial marriage early and so your mar- the marriage, marriage that you do in your 30s usually lasts. So you, your generation is breaking the mold there. I don't know if that's an example of how you won't be told what to do, but I guess it sort of is because <laughs> when I got married in my late 20s, it was sort of because, well, I've been dating this car for a while. It's, you know, it's what you're t- time to get do. married. Right. But your generation is kind of like, well, I'm not going to be told what to do. I'll get married when I'm, re- I'm good and ready to move out of my parents' basement. <laughs> 100%. Mom, meatloaf. Uh, 
a big example you made too that made me pull over my car is uh, uh <laughs> made so him pull aggressive. over. I was driving and listen, by the way. I was on my way to the office. I'm like, these fucking guys. Are they? <laughs> but um uh you you mentioned Justin Timberlake and how he still interacts, and you said if JT can interact, I can interact. Were you at my seminar in Vegas? I, I forget if you were there or not, because I made that point on the stage in Vegas in Maldives. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Show I was video. There. Okay. So what what do you dispute about that? My point? my my dispute with that is that JT is on another stratosphere of a level. Like when you're a superstar and you you pay good money to see that superstar, you want them to interact with you because like it's a star. It's like oh my god, like I sang with him. That interaction, it, it's like on a whole nother literally stratosphere than being a wedding DJ and interacting with a wedding DJ. It's like, Oh, this is just like, a, you know what I mean? Like we're just like a worker compared to like literally the biggest, one of the biggest pop stars of all time. So to me, that's like not even an argument. Like I, I you know what, Nick, you know I'm going mean? to I'm, I'm fight back about that because listen, I'm not trying Don't to like say it. any of us are nearly as famous as JT. I'm not making that claim whatsoever, but I know when I get out on the dance floor at a wedding, there are times where people feel like, oh, my God, I'm standing right next to the DJ. And and so there's a little bit of that rock star mentality, especially nowadays. I mean, 20 years ago, nobody was even aware of what the DJ was doing back there. But nowadays, I mean, people go to clubs or festivals and they don't even dance. They stand there and stare at the DJ, which mm -hmm. is beyond me. Sweet. But so the DJ has risen to a level of some sort of fame much more than it was 20 to 30 years ago. So for that famous person or that star at the event to break the fourth wall and get out on the dance floor. I think certain people, and again, I think certain people are like, get the fuck out of here, cheese ball. But there are certain people that are going to be like, wow, I'm, I'm now three feet away from the DJ. And that's kind of cool. Do, do you two think dudes from Jersey on here and we've, y'all have dropped three F bombs <laughs> in 17 minutes for and Cowan 45 seconds. Hey, Joe, you can work one in too. Jeez. Uh, yeah, you can too, Joe. All right. Let me ask you this, Mike. Ahead, At every wedding, would you say there's a percentage or there's a couple people that do not like the interaction? So, like, oh. at each wedding oh. you do... Do you think there's certain people? And, and so let me flip the question to you. Would you admit that at every wedding there's some people that want to do line dances? Yes. Okay. My And then... So from those people, the people that want to do line dances, the people that don't like interaction at every wedding, what age groups do you think they're in? See, I don't think it's an age thing. I think it's a it's a background thing. It's a it's a how many weddings have you been to? It's how cool do you think you are? I, I don't even think it's a larger percentage with millennials than it is with Gen X's. I, I don't. I think it's across the board. You're always going to have some people that want to do that stuff and some people that don't. I strongly believe that uh, the majority of the young people won't want to see that stuff. And the and then the majority of the people that do want it or maybe they were at a wedding and like, man, I wish this DJ would like get out here with us. They I would I would like to argue that they are older. They are like middle aged or older and they're used to seeing that they've been to a ton of weddings their whole lives. And they've they've seen that in the 90s and the early 2000s. And they're wondering where that is. And they're missing that. All right, and, so let me ask you this. Do you think that those let's let's say four. 40 and above, and I'm not even conceding your point, but let's say for a second that you're that you're correct. Would you, do you think that those 40 and above people, when they were in their 20s, didn't like interaction and now have come around to it? Or yeah. okay, so they loved it. so you don't think these millennials, if you're correct, you don't think these millennials will change their opinion about interactive in the next 15, 20 years?
I mean, you know how trends come back. In, in 10, 15, 20 years, we could go back to straight-up cheesy wedding DJ again. Who knows? Right. But I'm saying right now, like, where we're going, it's going away. Well, then the word dying is not appropriate. If, well, if you admit that it could be cyclical, then then the, the interaction, you should not say it's dying. You should say maybe it's in the mothballs for a while, right. and it's going to come back. Mothballs, yeah. Temporary death. I, I mean, I, I would, I would, yeah, it, it's possible. But my point is, is that, it, so I look at what's my target market. So I think that, you know, if my target market is like a bride's age, which is someone like in their 20s, the average bride now is like 25, 27, mm -hmm. th th then I want to please them more than I want to please a middle-aged person. Because at the end of the day, I, it used to be different, but like, even word of mouth and stuff, like if someone recommends, if a mom recommends a DJ, the bride's still going to go online and check them out. And if she doesn't like what she sees, she's not booking them. No so doubt. like, I'd so I value uh, the opinion of younger people a million times, like it, as like a customer, you know what I mean? Like a million times more than the older people. So right. I would rather turn off the older people than turn off the younger people at my wedding and kind of get put in that wedding DJ box okay. by doing the interaction. And every single time you interact and do stuff like that at a wedding, there is going to be someone there or a couple people there. They're going to look like, ah, he's a wedding DJ, and you get you're being put in that box for that person. So that, if well, you I, if you work with a bride and she says to you, "Hey Nick, we want the cha cha slide and cupid shuffle," whatever you want, okay, hundred percent, only by the request. But then, do you get out and lead it? No. Okay, Joe. Same question. Uh, my question. No, I. I guess my question. I was going to go back to it was the same thing. You're kind of just asking. Um, no, I'm not going to get out there and lead it. But I was going to ask Nick, you know, out of all the weddings he does every year, uh, I'm assuming just like us and just like Mike, that the clients fill out um, some sort of music list, right, or create some sort of playlist, most of them. Yep. So I would say uh, I think I do about 40 weddings a year myself. I would say probably 20 have put at least one of the, you know, five or six top line dances. And this is list. the client asking for the it, client, right? Correct. Not, has, not has, some of their guests. No, 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 no. This is, okay. uh, they're not, they're, um, I don't have it open to guests, the, the portal. Okay. So it's a client only thing, unless they do that thing where they send out with the RSVP card, you know, what, what song is going to get you on the dance floor and they kind of aggregate them all. But I would say probably half of mine put at least or one. They use Vibo, or they use Vibo. Good chance to plug it. Sponsor. Yeah. Um, so, I, but but yes, a hundred percent. If it's on the list, or especially if it's on the must play, it's going to get played. But Just I'm like, not going out there. Like, and and you'll do you at least count it in? Do you at least do you do you do you tell people wh which way to face? Oh hell no. I, the only time I'll jump in is if it's like a complete shit show. You know, if like, wow, these guys don't even know. Then I'll jump in. All right, listen, face the speakers. And people are facing all different directions, everything else. Yeah, they usually piece. figure it out. Unless, I'll okay. jump in and do it. That, okay. See, I wouldn't, but. So I, I obviously you guys are both going to say no to this, but but I, I'm going to ask the question anyway. Do you think it would be more effective, those line dances, if you got on the dance floor and counted it off and let it and pointed? No, the, the, the line didn't. I will say, Wait, too. let me let Joe answer, because it looks like at least he's on the fence about it. <laughs> Do you think it would be more effective? Um, if I think it would I think it would um, coagulate quicker. So if everybody's kind of doing this thing, it, it usually realizes after about 30 I, seconds. I, I, 
there, but okay. That, that, that I've, that, oh, wait a minute. Like Susie and most of the bridesmaids are going right and I'm going left. Like, let me get with the program. Also, you have to realize when I do play line dances, they're normally more towards the first third of the party. I've made the mistake of playing them at like the last third of the party and everybody shit housed. I, I make it's the a, same point about bad the, call, man. In programming. Yeah. If you do have a line dance on your list, you should get it done early. Yeah. Four people are totally wasted, and then they 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 literally can't follow your lead. No. But so, Joe, at least it seems like you're conceding the fact that it would be better. So yeah, and yet, why don't you? I don't really know how to do them. Okay, but you could learn. Like a hundred percent, yes. We saw your dance steps yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that was really amazing. <laughs> I almost hurt myself. You obviously, can you know dance a little bit, so you could. And I, knowing I've taught enough people, oh, I, if I went through the Mike Walter School of Training, so but why? You know, you and I have talked on the, on this podcast, Joe, mm-hmm. about people who refuse to beat mix. Yes, and there are people in our industry who say my clients don't need it; they yeah. don't ask for it, which is bullshit. They just don't want to take the time to learn and totally. get good at it. So, in my mind, they are leaving a tool in the shed. Yeah, you, Joe, I think are leaving a tool in the shed because you refuse to learn. And you, Nick, I think are are denying the fact that it would be better. Now, if you want to tell me, yes, it would be better, but I still don't want to do it because I don't want to be labeled as a cheesy DJ and I don't want to lose those people in the room who who liked me but now see me leading it. I'm fine with that. But I don't know how you could make the argument that dropping the wobble and just hitting play is more effective than hitting the wobble, play on the wobble and getting out there and saying, right, everybody face this way. Here we go. I'm going to get you started. Everybody five, six, seven, eight. Boom. I don't know how you can argue that that's not more effective. I mean, yeah, I guess you could get them together quicker. I mean, it's more effective, but it just, I, I, I wouldn't even drop it. Like I've had it on the list. I avoid those dances unless they specifically tell me like, Hey Nick, our family loves Cupid Shuffle and that's it. But Again, let's say you're working with a bride who says, "Right, my family loves the Cupid Shuffle. It's our favorite dance. Can can you please play it?" You're not. You're. You're. I guess your logic is, well, if they love it, they know how to do it. They don't need me. Well, yeah, and they don't want to hear my voice. You know what I mean? Like, I'll hear me all the right, 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 like over. Let them do it. That's where you and I will just listen. We can shake on it. We can agree to disagree. <laughs> I, and listen, I and this is where I love the comment section. Please, everybody, comment. Call me out on it. Call Nick on it. We we both have strong enough, thick Leave enough me skin out of that it. we hold your wrong. <laughs> and, Leave well, Joe, Joe out. I, Joe, I think it's the worst one here because you're admitting it would be better. <laughs> no. Nick won't even concede that it's better. I think Nick's being stubborn because he knows if if he admits it would be better, then he looks really bad. You admit that it would be better if you lead it, but you still won't lead it, which leads me back to I At- think you think you're too cool. I'm pretty – I'm pretty cool, but I listen, cool. <laughs> but listen. the cool factor, because if I'm out there leading the wobble, I've dropped my cool. Yeah, but at the end of the day, uh, which is weird, you know, because I think people think Raleigh or, the, or this this area is small. It's it's twice a year out of all those weddings that I'll actually see somebody I know. So. It's not like I'm trying to protect my, you know, my <laughs> reputation. I mean like that, but I mean, Nick brings up a good point. Every, you know, at any wedding, people are judging the DJ. Sure. And when I say judging, a lot of them are judging. Do I have a party coming up? Do I want this person at my sure. wedding holiday party? So 
No doubt, Nick, I will fully admit that when I get out on the dance floor and lead line dances, there are some people that, that say, uh, we don't want They're that turned guy. off, right. We, ha- we, we, we liked him early. We liked his introductions, maybe. We liked how he was mixing music. But, oh, now he got on a Cuba. He, he's leading a Cuba show. So I fully admit, I, same thing with our bridal shows, Nick. You've seen Elite Show. Sure. We do a lot of interactions at our bridal mm-hmm. show. We're, we're fully aware that some people go, we're not off. having them. Right. But there are some people that go, that's the company we want. I mean, it's the proof is in the pudding. We book a lot of shows from weddings, from yep. broad shows. So I, I understand that. And I get your point, Nick, that if you break that fourth wall and get out there, you've turned those people off. My point is, I think you turn more people on than you turn off. But that's where you and I are just going to have to agree to disagree. Yeah, I mean, this is a tough one, man. I mean, I fully admitted that there's been plenty of shows, especially corporate, where, I, where I've really wished that was was, quote unquote, like Mike said, in my tool bag. But you must not wish it too much, Joe, because you could learn it in a in a harp in an afternoon. I need to, co- I, I need to come up there. You I need to come up there. You I'm, I, and film it. Stupid shuffle. I swear to God, dude. If 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 I put it on right now, it's I'd... too late, Joe. Don't even worry about it. You can't <laughs> jump on that train now. Don't don't even jump on that train. Just I'm not kidding, it. man. I could don't probably get out it. there and flounder through it, but I think I would be like the drunk guy in the middle, and I'm not drunk. No. All right. I'm anyway. not going to win this argument. <laughs> this has been great. I appreciate having you on. I really Dude, do. I love oh, Nick. Thank you. Nick. Honor to be here. Hey, thank if you you're so not much. following Nick. They usually get up. We, we appreciate yes, you getting up Yes, we did get early. him up early. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. I haven't seen this, the, the crack of crack like this in a very long time. So everyone put this in perspective. It's 10 after 9 right now. It's not like Joe and I recorded 6.30 in the morning. So Mike's already this, been on a 38-mile run. So 8, 8.30 when we asked you to come on is earlier than you usually <laughs> You guys are lunatics. Yeah. There you go. See? Complete lunatics. I hey. thought I thought 8:30 at night. I'm like, really 8:30 in the morning? Are you at what? <laughs> what? Seriously? Listen, uh, uh, real quick though, a um, couple things. Uh, if you're not following Nick, definitely do so. Uh, he's got a, a great video series, uh, a wedding DJ tips, uh, on Instagram, and uh, carries over to YouTube, I believe. Correct, Nick? Yes. Uh, yeah. And also, we didn't get into any personal stuff because. Mike jumped right on Nick's back. But uh, Mike, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't see Facebook or Instagram yesterday, has got the uh, first yeah, uh, copy. brought it down. So Look at this. Look congrats, at this. Mike. That's 600 so pages oh, That's right like a there. Bible. That's incredible. Um, it really is. It's, it's like It's the music Bible. It's the Book yeah. of Mormon. Yeah. It's the this Book of Walter. My, um, as you can see right here, it's my proof copy. That's so cool, man. And uh, I have, I'm not going to reread the whole thing, but I flipped through, and I'm pretty happy with the layout and everything else. Super Look at that dope. cover. That's killer. Is that badass or what? I think I had a little something to do with that, I feel like. Yeah, uh, you were you were in on the decision-making, see, Joe, see. so thank you. Yeah. It's a good-looking cover, and um, so congrats to that, Mike. And, and again, <laughs> thank everybody, you. thank you all for listening. Uh, you will see Mike and myself uh, in Las Vegas in March. Nick, you're going to be out there, I assume, at Mobile Beat. Absolutely. Uh, are you speaking out there or just hanging? Uh, TBD. 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 Okay. So stay tuned to his uh, social feeds for that. And uh, Mike and I will be doing the workshop at the end of Mobile Beat. So phcjworkshop.com. And uh, as always, thank you guys for listening. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Peace.